0: Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgression are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day all day long. For day and night, you, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. Sorry. <laughs> I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not like, do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by a bit and brittle, or they will not come to you. Many are, the, many are the whos of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you're righteous. Sing sing, all you um, who are
1: upright in the heart. Yeah, hey, uh, thank you. Um, so, hey everyone, hope you're doing well. Um, so yeah, my name is Justin, in case you don't know me. I'm part of the leadership team here at Christ in the Church. Um, so, um, yeah, so I'm going to be talking about your psalms, Psalm 42 today. So we've been doing a series on your psalms, and we started um, last week. And so we've done this every year for the last about five years or so now, um, where we, we can take about a month or so of your summer to have a look at your psalms. And um, so your psalms have so many great uh, great prayers and great praises to God, and yeah, well, um, there's so many different emotions, so many, so many different truths about who God is and about our relationship with him through the psalms, and... Um, the psalms have been described as like these well-worn grooves now people over many um, many centuries have been, have been praying and they can help us to pray and help us to express ourselves to god so as i said we're going to be looking at psalm 32 and um in your psalm we will see the, the blessedness of, of knowing and knowing god forgives us and coming to god in, in confession but firstly just deal with um context of context to your psalm um so you see on your sheet of paper, at the top of your psalm, it says a couple of words. It says, of David, a masculine. So, of David means that it's a psalm written by, written by David. And a masculine is this yes, kind of strange word that um, means a variety of things, but uh, one of the central meanings of it is instruction or contemplation. Um, I'll, I'll get onto that a bit more later. But as we said, it's a psalm of, a psalm of David. So this is, um, this is King David who, uh, famous for slaying Goliath and famous for being, um, being king of Israel. And he wrote uh, many of the other psalms. And in some of the other psalms he wrote, it has a little bit more context in the beginning. So I'm just gonna diverge from this psalm and talk about another one for a second, which is Psalm 51. So it's a bit later on in the book, but uh, they don't necessarily follow, follow chronologically. Um, anyhow, so this Psalm, Psalm fifty-one, it has a bit of an introduction to it, and it says, for your director of music, a Psalm of David. Again, it says, when your prophet Nathan came to him, after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. So, um, and so, this Psalm, Psalm fifty-one, has has some similarities with the Psalm we look at today, Psalm 32. In yeah, in Psalm fifty-one, David uh, is admitting here these, these specific sins or um, multiple sins. Um, to, uh, to God and now about your about situation with Bathsheba. Um, so if you're not familiar with the story um, in, uh, of David and Bathsheba, um, it was told um, uh, earlier on in the Bible in, in 2 Samuel. I'll just uh, give you a bit of a background to that story. Um, and first, we well, just let me say, I um, I help sometimes with your, your kids work in a tree house and uh, we had to do this story um, to, the, to the kids of, a few weeks ago. Um, I didn't choose to do it. It was immaterial. Um, so I had to explain your story to your kids. And I usually get your kids to kind of act it out. But I, I, I may have skipped over some parts of your story when you're acting <laughs> it out. But but you know, I'm not going to spare you any gory details today. Um, but yeah, so, so your story starts, is um, so David, he's a king of Israel. And it, and it starts by saying that this was a time when, when kings go off to war, So there was lots of wars happening. And David as king, he should have really been... Out at war, We should have been out fighting, leading his army, but instead he was at home, at his palace in Jerusalem. So it says he was on the top of his palace. He was um, he was looking out amongst his subjects, and he spotted this beautiful woman called Bathsheba, who was who was bathing. And he um, he basically found out who she was and summoned her to your castle and your palace. And you know he had his way with her and uh, sent her off back. And then he found out yes she was uh, she was pregnant. And so he thought, you know, what, what, what am I going to do about this? Because her husband at your time was out fighting in your war. So he brings her husband in, and his name's Uriah. He brings him into your palace and talks to him, and then sends him back to his wife and thinks, you know, he's just come away. He's been away at war for months on end. You know, he's going to want to see with his wife. So that was solved the problem, because once he's pregnant, everyone thinks it's his baby. Uh, but... Uriah didn't do that. Uriah um, decided to sleep outside your palace because he was like, you know, my comrades are out fighting. I shouldn't be at home sleeping with my wife. I, should be, you know, I, I shouldn't do that. So David is thinking, what am I going to do now? So he gets Uriah back, gives him lots of food and drink this time, thinks, oh yeah, he's bound to sleep with his wife. But again, Uriah doesn't do that. Uriah sleeps outside your house. Um, so David uh, has a bit of a problem and he decides to solve this problem by telling the leader of the army to um, to send Uriah to your front line, and when your enemy comes, withdrawing them and letting Uriah die. And so that's that's what happened, Uriah, Uriah dies, and uh, then um, David takes Bathsheba and takes him as a w- his wife. Um, and, um, and then after that, um, there's this guy called Nathan, who's a, who's a prophet of God, and uh God knows what happened and tells Nathan what happened. And Nathan goes and confronts confronts David about it. And eventually he, um, and David then again confesses this. Um, so that's a, a context to your psalm here. And um, I see Leanne uh, mentioned earlier this the icebreaker about um, what you have to do on the beach. And so one of the things I like to do on the beach is to dig holes. So I usually like to dig two big holes and in a tunnel between them. And then climb through the tunnel. It was—it's a bit—it was a bit easier when I was younger than it is now. But I still managed to do. It. I think last time was a couple of years ago. I managed to do. It. But it's a bit—it's a bit hairy. It's, its not particularly very safe, really. I don't recommend it. But um, so you usually need to have one person on one side, on your legs, and one person on your hands, just to make sure. You know, if it falls on you're—you're you're safe. I, mean, I was just thinking, it's sort of a bit of a here with what what David's doing. He's sort of trying to dig himself out of. Out of his sin, keep keep doing more stuff, but eventually, you know, his sin crushes down on him. And when we look at this psalm, we're looking at today, Psalm 32. He's talking here about you know, when he kept silent, his bones wasted away. He was he was groaning, his strength was sapped, and he's just kind of his idea that you know his his sin is all kind of crushed, crushed down on him. And so this, like this psalm, this situation with um, um, yeah, this situation with with um. With Bathsheba and Uriah, it's a kind of context to the other psalms, Psalm 51, but then also um, also this one, this one Psalm 52, so we can kind of know, okay, the person who, um, who wrote this psalm is someone who has committed great sin, but someone also who has confessed it to God, who was um, able to declare at the beginning of the psalm, blessed is the one who's transgressed and forgiven, whose sins are covered. Because that's, that's the state that he's in. He knows that his sins are his sins are covered and his transgressions are forgiven. And so we can we can read disarming your knowledge David, the person who is writing it, has has done these sins and is, is known as forgiveness. Um, so let me just continue. Um, yeah, so and you know, we think okay, a, these are really terrible things that David David did. So I was reading a bit, a bit up about this this Psalm beforehand, and a few things other people have written. And there's um, a guy called John Piper, who's um, an American theologian and pastor, and he says that your main point in you know, Psalm 22 is is that to be forgiven is a very happy condition. And so we saw what we see in the beginning of the chapter. He says he says we're blessed blessed twice. You know, and as the hour was saying earlier, when when Jesus says something, with something I twice, it, when he said truly truly, it, it kind of it's something that is important you know so david is, is saying it's here he's, he's saying how important it is that how blessed we are to be to be forgiven but i guess my to us here today is is do we do we feel this blessedness do we feel the blessedness of being forgiven as david does here and i think do i do i pre- appreciate the, the sweetness um of, of forgiveness and this is a famous hymn amazing grace and it talks about how sweet your sound is of this grace that we have forgiveness and uh um do do i do i pre-say that do i, do I feel the best blessedness and know working that for many of us i know for myself often don't don't living the joy of this of uh, this salvation living the, the blessedness of it um I, I think it can be um be various various reasons for this um, so i'm just going to kind of touch on, on a few here um so firstly, um, you know we don't acknowledge our sins to God. So I'll talk about that a bit more a bit more later. And then the second one is going to be that we don't see the depth of our sin. We don't realise what we're what we're saved from. We realise what we've done. And thirdly, it's just a, a short point, but we can be dragged around like a mule or a horse. That relates to um, verse nine in your passage. Um, so I talk about you know, your first one. Um, so we can. And not experiences joy is because we don't we don't acknowledge our, our sin to god and this is really i think the main the main cracks of this this psalm you see david is saying it before he confesses his sin he's talking about you know wasting away his energy being being sapped groaning all day all day and all night and so how can we know you know your blessing and forgiveness if we're in that situation and um i think sometimes we can see being forgiven is a, as a very passive thing, or at least to us. You know, we think, okay, Jesus, Jesus died on a cross, so that means, you know, we're, we're forgiven. And we can think, you know, God is like, you're forgiven, you're forgiven, you're forgiven. Everyone's forgiven, and it's just him doing that doing it to us. And, but but it's not, I don't think, that fully captures yet, the case of, of forgiveness. But it's only really in our humility, you know, like, like David does here, of, of confessing our sin and acknowledging that we are, we are sinners, that we can really experience your know, truth truth of your forgiveness. And um, I think you know you just somebody think that is, is sinful is really is our pride. It's pride because we say you know we know better than God, that we know better than other people, um, that we we're um, we more important than God or we're we more important than other people. But when we do, when we confess to God you see this crosses our pride because we only we can only confess to god when we come we come into humility when we eat eat humble pie really and say sorry and say that we we will admit that we are wrong and so this is uh, said what what david does in his his psalm and um see david in the bible is he's a knowledge of being a hero of faith and he's uh, he's described as being a man after god's own heart and we here know the terrible things he did we know that he he committed adultery. He, he killed a man. Um, and so, you know, we think, you know, well, what, what, is he really such a great man about, about these, doing these things? But I mean, this is really what God's heroes of faith are. They're um, people of humility. People who are willing to say, like David did, um, I, I messed up big time. Um, you know, our culture doesn't really always respect people like that. It doesn't respect leaders like that who are, who are good at doing that. But... Um, is actually the kind of people that God, God values. And we look at Jesus, even. Jesus didn't have any sin. He didn't do anything wrong. But even him, he came into humility. So we need to consider how much more do we, who are filled of sins, should, uh, should come into humility also. Um, prior to doing this the Psalms, we were doing a the Book of Judges in the Old Testament. And Judges talks about lots of different people. Um, one person we touched up on for a couple of weeks was a guy called Samson. So Samson is a man who um, was says was set apart from God. He was given great power by God, and yet um, Samson really, truly messed up everything. There was it, lots of times when he, he really he gave in to his anger, he gave in to his temptations. He ended up reading all his secrets to this woman Delilah, and um, ended up being, having his eye gouged out, and being being carried off in in change, In chains. But um, the Bible also, quite confusingly, considers samson to be a man, man of faith there's a chapter in um in new testament in the book of hebrews hebrews chapter 11 which is often called a hall of fame of faith this it, about 30 people who are, who it says have great faith and david was again but also with samson and uh, this kind of seems a bit strange because samson did all these things wrong he really really messed up but again, at the end of the end of Samson's life, he, he did come again to God in humility. He was in chains with his eyes gouged out, but he he prays to God. He prays, "O oh, sovereign Lord, remember me. And so it's in this humility which is making him a man of faith. So the kind of rhetorical question from this is then, so is, is our confession to God a prerequisite for forgiveness and therefore to our salvation? You know, we can think, well, we surely we just need to be saved by faith there's no prerequisite but i think we need to remember you know what it really means to be a follower of christ what it really means to to have faith you see god wants to restore and damage relationship his aim is to bring us in perfect harmony and perfect unity with him and you think you know how is that possible if we're we're hiding stuff from him how is that possible if we're we're perpetually offending and and insulting him Because he wants to he wants to change us not just look Things that we did. So, being a Christian means coming under Jesus' kingdom and confessing where we're then humbling ourselves to His rule. We acknowledge that we messed up. You know, we're not perfect. And, um, you know, as an aside, imagine how how much better our relationships with each other would be if we, if we did this, if we always annoyed when we were wrong, if we if we came to each other in humility instead of having our pride and our own ego. And so we think, well, that's the same. There's so much more was that in the case, the case with God. Um, yeah, so that was, that was a kind of the first thing that can stop us experiencing joy and forgiveness, is that we don't acknowledge our sin to God. And see, so the second thing is that we don't necessarily see the depth of our sins. We don't kind of realize what we've done wrong. See, we can think, you know, we, we see someone like David and we think, well, you know, he's, he messed up big time. He slept with someone else. He killed someone of course, he understands this forgiveness, forgiveness more because he's, because he sins more, and he's, um, you know, it, ma- it makes sense. Therefore, that he, he, appreciates the forgiveness. But I think it's, we sometimes miss what it what it really means, what um, what, what sin when means. And um, in this psalm, David uses uh, three different words to describe um, describe sin. So he first one he uses is the word transgressor. And this word means something like um, crossing a line or defying authority. And he uses the word sin itself, and this means um, falling short or missing a mark. And he also uses the word iniquity, which relates to crookedness or a distortion. And I think when we, if we look at these meanings of these words, it can kind of make us realize actually, you know, we're all transgressors. We're all we're all sinners. We're all. Iniquitous—I don't think that's a word—but you know, you get what I mean. Um, because I think you know, don't we all? We all miss a mark. Don't we all cross the line? We fall short, or a bit, you know, a bit crooked at times. And here's every something that I'm trying to—you know—I'm trying to realize for myself, and I'm trying to identify, you know, how and well where I have missed a mark, and and confess this to God. And quite often, after a day at working office, you know, I I realize I haven't I haven't worked hard enough today. You know, I I spent forty months' much time on the internet. I've, I haven't taken responsibilities in my jobs seriously enough, and you know, I work for your civil service which means I'm essentially paid by all you taxpayers. And I think you know, have I done the best value with money for, for taxpayers? And I think you know, probably not. And it's easy to think you know, are these massive, massive sins? But actually, yeah, I are missing a mark. I'm distorting what my job should be. I'm I've fallen short of um God's ideal for me. So it's not just to acknowledge that we yeah, our, it's not just to acknowledge that our sin is real, but but it's also confess and is to understand that it's repulsive to God. And to understand that every every sin, every thought, every deed is is a sapping of face to God. It's saying that we know better than him. It's saying that now we'd rather not live by his. His rules without what he has lived by his way, but we will live by our own way. Um, and this can sometimes be a bit um, maybe a bit depressing or a bit condemning, but, but you know, we don't need to we don't need to warn him when our sin, when we confess. We don't need to go I'm so bad, I'm so awful. That's a kind of pre acknowledgement state. So that's how David maybe feels when he when he if he talks about his bones wasting away. But actually after verse five in the in your Yip- psalm. David says I confess my transgressions to the Lord. You see he doesn't mention him anymore. He doesn't he realizes that he's he's blessed because his transgressions are forgiven. And it's actually a very simple confession that he makes. And also in, in the book of 2 Samuel when it, it talks about the historical event with Bathsheba he's very simply there confesses confesses to um, to Nathan and to, to the Lord. So being pious or being having self-pity that's not required in our confession. And then the third thing I just wanted to get briefly was relates to what it says in first in verse nine. Um so we, he's talking about do not be like a horse or a mule, must have no understanding but must be controlled by bit and brittle, or they will come to you. See, so God doesn't want us to, to be like a a mule. You know, sometimes I feel, you know, I can maybe acknowledge my sin a bit, I can maybe you know, maybe pray a bit, I maybe read a Bible. But I think I'm really I not it's been kind of dragged around a bit is it not just often I find in particular at the moment there's a kind of dryness sometimes in my in my faith I mean, you know maybe maybe going back to God maybe coming coming to him and back, but it can be just kind of um kind of this dryness there but I think yeah, I think what he's saying is you not know, our relationship with God is not meant to be passive and it relates to this idea of, of us being. Um, is being active in, in coming to Him. Is being active in acknowledging our, our sin to Him, and whether that's big or small, whether it's specific or just acknowledging that we are, we're, we're, sinf- we're sinful people, and in, in actually not just not just being dragged back between a specific sin or, or, or general sin, and also repentance, you know, being, you know, being we can just be dragged back to the same sin and, then back, and back to confession again. But God wants He wants so much more for us, so much more in our relationship with Him. So let me just um, summarize the three main points for you here and then how we can apply these. So firstly, we can, we can know this happy state of being forgiven, a happy state of being forgiven upon confession of our sins. And we have to be active in coming to God in humility and have to, have to acknowledge what we've done and realize that that can be such an amazing lift of a burden, just as David experiences in Gesang. And secondly, we need to realise how we've all missed a mark, how we all mess up, how we all don't do things right. Um, and you know, we need to come to God in confession. And but again, we don't need to don't need to warn. We just need to see that we we've done something wrong that we need being saved for. And thirdly, you know, we do have this grace as God, who who can who can sometimes does drag us to him, kicking and screaming. But we're so much more than being mules or horses that are drunk about. God doesn't want to be our puppet master. Again, you know, our relationship with him is, is so much more than being, being passive from our point of view. I think there's also one more one more challenge for us here. You know, we, some of us here may have experienced, and I know I have myself, and sometimes experienced the joy of being forgiven that David did. And, you know, we can therefore take on his, um, take on his mantle um, so in, um, in Psalm 51, um, the one I say specifically one way he's specifically talking about this incident with Bathsheba. He promises to, to, to instruct and to teach transgressors uh, God's way. And then you can sort of read Psalm 50, 32 as a sort of um, a way of him doing that. And so I said in the beginning, it was a, um, Psalm 52 was described as a masculine it's like an instruction. So your, your psalm is kind of like David is instructing us in how to in how to be how to know, know forgiveness. And uh, he's obviously instructing us to, to know forgiveness by, by coming to God and confessing. And so we can kind of we can take on this uh, this mantle also in instructing others. And so we can know that the bestness of forgiveness comes from you know, confessing where we've transgressed, where we've you know, crossed the line, or where we've where we've sinned, where we've missed a mark, or where we have iniquity, where we where we're crooked. You know, not from listing off loads of you know, things we have or haven't done, but just a simple, heartfelt acknowledgement. So therefore, yeah, the final challenge is that if we, if we know something of your specificness, it's worth to, to instruct and to share it with others, to, to let others know how simple this message is. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't feel simple to, to confess our sins to God. You know, we, we feel that we're ashamed or whatever, but we're trying to, to realise how... Um, the simplicity or that it is and um and yeah you, we have this pleasure to to be able to instruct others, to be able to to show others the simple simplicity essentially of, of the gospel message and um you know you may not know this person for yourself you, you may not um, have ever confessed anything to god ever acknowledged god um but i guess for you it's knowing you um Knowing also again how how simple this how simple the message on the message is how God is there waiting ready for us just to to simply come to Him in, in humility and swallow our pride. Um, so I'm just going to going to pray to uh, to finish off now. Um, yeah, Lord God, do um, rejoice in how great Your forgiveness is, and um, rejoice in how how unique and amazing it is, and that we can. We can be free, despite um, deserving so much of Your wrath. We can, we can know that You've You've hidden it. You 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 don't count it against us. Um, and this help us, and help me to know that how how amazing that is, how what a happy condition it is, and, uh, and to realise and to identify where there's there's things that I do need to confess to You, There's Your daily uh, routine that I need to do, and coming to You and admitting what I've done wrong, and and changing myself in, in different areas, but um be reminding how how simple this this message really is. Amen. Amen.